everyone, this is Chad, and today on the Mission Daily, we have two, or maybe three, special announcements. The first one, the Mission Daily was selected by Apple as one of the best of 2018. So the Mission Daily was the one of the best podcasts as selected by Apple for 2018. Wow, that's so, so awesome. We could not have done it without you, the amazing listeners. You hear Ian in the background, you hear Steph. You don't hear Toasty because, oh, there he is. There you go. Good boy. That's a good pup. And that's the first announcement. Second announcement, one of our other podcasts, actually our first one, The Story, was also selected by Apple as the best of 2018. That is so exciting. Again, we couldn't do it without you, the listener. We're grateful for each and every one of you. And to celebrate this, it brings us to our third announcement. We are going to be playing all throughout the holiday season on the Mission Daily, the best episodes from the story. That's right. We've been through four incredible seasons of the story. And if you haven't heard it, you're in for a treat. For those of you who don't know, the story is a historical fiction podcast where we tell the unknown backstory of people who changed the world. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And a big shout out to our amazing sponsor, Jamp. Thank you for making this happen. And as always, thank you, the listener, for enjoying it. This is the story of a man who found early success, then faced a crippling depression, sold all of his things, and moved to a small cabin in the woods. Today's story is called Think It, Build It, Ship It. Today's episode of the Mission Daily is brought to you by Jamf Now, the number one device management solution for all your company's Apple devices. To learn more about how Jamf Now can help you secure your Macs, iPads, or iPhones, head to jamf.com slash mission daily to set up your first three devices for free. That's jamf.com slash mission daily or click on the link in the show notes. The executive on the phone swore under his breath. He composed himself. Look, I told you before, we're not interested in your business. The young man named Danny on the other end acted like he didn't hear him and responded, but we're trying to help your business. By giving it away for free? No thanks, said the executive. Danny had heard it all before. He'd been rejected 20 times that morning by every single sales prospect he contacted. His business proposal had been rejected for the last year by every investor that he contacted. In fact, this wasn't his first conversation with the executive on the phone. It was the 20th. Conventional wisdom said he was an idiot or deranged or should hang up and move on. His gut said otherwise. Danny listened quietly. The executive was still on the phone. Danny smiled. So can I call you next week? What? After what I just said? Then the executive let out a belly laugh. You've got gumption, kid. Why the hell not? The executive continued to laugh as the line went dead. Danny made a note on his clipboard. He moved the executive's name into a new column. Warm lead. Most people would never consider a call like that a warm lead. But Danny wasn't like most people. He had seen the future, and he knew that soon, so would everyone else, including that executive. He hit the play button on one of his favorite bands, Rage Against the Machine, and it blasted over the speakers. As the music blared, he laughed at the word gumption. He'd heard that a lot. In fact, he'd heard it back when he was just 14 years old. 
It was 1997. Danny was riding his skateboard down the middle of the street with his boombox blaring. An old man on the street corner gave him a dirty look. Danny looked at him and then turned up the volume on one of his favorite songs, Bulls on Parade. The lyrics echoed through the streets. For the Rage fans out there, I'm not going to make an attempt at an imitation, but you know those infamous lyrics. They don't got to burn the books, they just remove them. While armed warehouses fill as quick as the cells, rally around the family, pocket full of shells. Danny laughed to himself, and the old man kept staring. He was too busy skating to notice the car trailing behind him. Danny reached his house, leapt up, and popped the board into his hand in the middle of the street. The car behind him screeched to a halt, and the horn sounded. It was the first time he'd seen the car. He waved to apologize, and the driver yelled, I could have killed you. Danny rolled his eyes. He lived in a small town, and the driver looked familiar. He figured he might as well say sorry. Sorry, he said, and started to walk away. No, come here, shouted the driver. I've been meaning to talk to you. About? asked Danny. I hear you design website homepages. Yeah, I did a few for my mom's friends. Well, I saw them and they look great. I need one for my business. How much would you charge? Danny sighed. He didn't want to do another website. The money was good, but the only reason he'd done it was because he liked technology and computers. He just wanted to see what it was like to make one. I don't know, said Danny. Come on, tell me a price. Danny decided to say the wildest number he could think of to make the man say no. $5,000. The man studied him and grinned. You've got gumption, kid. Deal. My restaurant's at the corner of 7th and Elm. Meet me there this Saturday at noon. He drove away. Danny couldn't believe it. He was in business. Napoleon Hill famously said, your big opportunity might be right where you're at right now. Here was the young man's big opportunity, right in the middle of the street in his hometown. A couple of weeks later, after getting his first payment, Danny rode his skateboard to the bank to cash it. On the way home, he bought a cell phone and a PlayStation. He thought the website would be a one-time thing, but the word got around and the orders flowed in. Soon he was hiring his school friends to help him. He put half of his friends he hired on the programming, the other half on design, and then he would spend the rest of his time teaching them everything he knew that they needed to do on their own. Danny was too busy for homework, so he hired other kids to do the homework for him. His friends were more interested in cool gadgets than cash, so he offered them iPods, cell phones, and PlayStations for payment. Danny never told his parents what he was up to. They never suspected a thing since he ran the business at school using their computers. One time, his teacher pulled him aside and asked, what's going on with all of you? I see you all jumping around from computer to computer, and why are you talking to all the other students? Uh, they, They need help, Danny lied. I'm teaching them to be better at using computers. That's very nice of you, said the teacher. Danny smiled and nodded and kept running his business right under his teacher's nose. His mom and stepdad grew suspicious when he had a large screen TV delivered to the house, but they were afraid to ask him because they feared that he was dealing drugs. Then Danny came home with a 1957 Fender Stratocaster in original condition. If you're familiar with guitars or Wayne's World, you'll know how expensive that is. That did it. His mother phoned the school and spoke to his teachers. Can you please tell me about my son? How's he doing in school? The teacher gushed. Oh, he's doing wonderfully, straight A's. And the tutors and all the other students get his help on how to use computers. So he's not doing anything wrong? Asked his mother. Wrong? Oh no, he's a gifted programmer. He's a model student. His mother smiled and hung up the phone. She didn't know what to think. To her, Danny seemed like a normal kid. He played the guitar. He tinkered with computers and video games. He surfed the internet and downloaded songs from Napster. 
but then he spent money like he was rich. Where was he getting it all from? She decided to approach him about it. And when she did, Danny shrugged. I just do a little computer work for people. What she didn't know was that her teenage son was earning $50,000 per month with his side businesses. With newfound permission from his mother, Danny decided to expand his business. He set his sights on servers. They interested him. So he bought several and set them up in his bedroom and closet and began hosting websites for his clients. A new business blossomed and he needed to add more servers. That meant he needed more room. He was running four businesses out of his family home, but his parents and all the family stuff was getting in the way. So Danny convinced his parents to move out of the house so he could have the extra room to run his businesses. At that point, he had 25 employees, and now they didn't want to be paid in iPods and tech. They wanted cash. Things were looking good until one day he got a letter in the mail. It was from the government. They wanted their tax money, $200,000 of it to be exact. Danny's heart skipped a beat. He'd spent all the money he'd earned or invested it back into his businesses. Panic seized him. He thought about hopping on a skateboard and disappearing into the night. At 22, he was too young to know that much about taxes, so he dodged paying them for years. Now it had caught up with him. He thought he might go bankrupt. Worse than that, he realized that 25 employees were depending on him for their livelihoods. What was he going to do? Then something big happened in the world of tech. eBay bought Skype. This was unprecedented at the time. Smaller businesses all around the country had either forgotten or never knew that they could acquire companies. They didn't realize that they were actually allowed to. And now, without warning, Danny's phone began to ring. Larger companies in the area wanted to buy all four of his companies. He said yes, and with a few months, he went from facing personal bankruptcy to having a few million dollars in the bank. Danny thought about how things had played out. He had set a goal of having a few million in the bank by age 30, but he'd done it by age 22. Danny decided to treat himself and bought a candy apple red Ferrari. Then he bought a new condo in the city. He spent most of his days and nights partying. Things weren't going as well as outsiders might have perceived. Up until this point, opportunities had fallen into his lap. Danny merely had to run with them. But now, no new opportunities or ideas were showing up. Things started to get dark. Partying took its toll and depression set in. He wasn't happy. He looked around and realized that all the people around him weren't good influences. They weren't even good people. He knew he had to make a change. Danny sold his condo and his Ferrari. Then he bought a small cabin deep in the woods. He took long walks, read, meditated, and played his guitar. After several months, the depression lifted. He started to feel optimistic and curious. The ideas started coming. He asked himself, what kind of environment do I want to work and live in? Danny knew it had to be one that was fun, one where he felt challenged. He wanted to be around good people who were smart and hardworking. So how was he going to build that environment? What would the next five years of his life be like? What passions could he turn into a business? He thought about it. There were only two passions that he didn't think he could ever get tired of, music and technology. He knew what he had to do. It was time to make his own opportunity. He knew just the partner, Martin. Martin had bought one of his companies. When Danny told him about the idea, Martin offered to join him and invest. It was 2006. They had the seed of an idea and they knew how to get it started. They hired a handful of friends to help them. They pushed forward with their idea and started building the application. Next, they had to figure out how they could get music in their app. No one in the entire music industry wanted to talk to them. They tried to secure songs to showcase in their app 
and receive rejection after rejection. They knew they were onto something, but they just needed someone to listen to their story and catch their vision. So they kept calling and calling. Danny was comfortable trying to talk to every employee at the companies he was trying to sell to, even the janitor if necessary. Every single employee was a possible contact that might know somebody who could get him a meeting with a decision maker. There's something zen-like about facing two and a half years of constant rejection. Danny was preparing for the world to catch up with the truths that he'd already stumbled on. He knew it was going to happen. It was only a matter of time. Danny and Martin showed incredible patience. They set aside frustration and persevered. They knew they had a strong plan, even if the music industry wasn't ready to be helped. You can't blame them. Because of sites like Napster and pirated music, the music industry had gone from being a $45 billion industry to just $15 billion. Musicians hated the internet, and so did record labels. So when the young man called the industry execs, they assumed they already knew what he was selling. They had heard the empty promises before from all the tech companies who wanted to give the music away for free and figure out how to monetize it later. So they dismissed the young man. The only way he could get them to visualize the model was to demo it for them. But without the rights to use any of the music, he couldn't demo it. So he did what came naturally to him, what he had learned to do first as a 14-year-old entrepreneur with gumption. He leapfrogged the rules and pirated some tracks, put them on his app, and then streamed them for the executives. The irony is, it worked. The industry execs got it with the example. The musicians got it, and he showed them how they could earn money from his service. Now the labels and musicians were interested. All they needed now was a name for the company. During a last-minute brainstorming session before the launch, Danny made a name suggestion. Martin misheard it, but purchased a domain name for what he thought he heard. When he showed Danny, it wasn't the name he suggested. In fact, neither of them could remember what Danny suggested. But Danny liked what Martin picked out, so they rolled with it. Later, they decided to explain the name as a combination of spot and identify. Spotify was born. At age 25, Danny, Daniel Eck, was on his way to changing the music industry by working side-by-side with the artists and the record labels. That following August, Daniel received the ultimate compliment, an email from Sean Parker, the co-founder of Napster. It was 1,700 words of pure love. Parker praised Spotify, saying, you guys have finally done it. And then he told Mark Zuckerberg about Spotify. Zuckerberg praised Spotify on Facebook. Within a few weeks, Parker became an investor and a board member. He helped negotiate more deals with the record labels. Daniel's motto is think it, build it, ship it, tweak it. It's been his MO since his youth. It's his North Star as he guides Spotify through the waters of growth and their very recent direct listing IPO. By all rational arguments, Spotify shouldn't have worked. The music industry wanted nothing to do with digital media or streaming or even the internet. Most people would have given up when the number of rejections mounted, but Daniel didn't care about the math. He said, We led with our conviction rather than rationale, because rationale said it was impossible. So where do your convictions lie? How many opportunities have you passed up because you couldn't rationalize them? And perhaps most importantly, the greatest opportunities of all might be nearby. Maybe they're already in your network or in your passions. Maybe all we have to do is learn the right skills, build solutions, and be able to endure the word no hundreds of times. That's his story. What's yours going to be? Hey, this is Ian from The Mission. 
I talk to Fortune 500 CIOs and IT visionaries about how much effort and energy they put into securing their devices. But they have teams of hundreds of IT professionals, an advantage that the average business doesn't have. Until now. Jamf now makes it easy to set up, manage, and protect your company's Apple devices. As your business grows, so does your digital inventory, making it harder to manage everyone's Apple devices. This is especially true if you have remote employees, like we do at the Mission. With Jamf now, you can check your digital inventory, distribute Wi-Fi and email settings, deploy apps, protect company data, or even lock and wipe a device as needed, from anywhere. And all of this with no IT experience needed. The Mission Daily listeners can start securing their businesses today by setting up their first three devices for free forever. Add more starting at just $2 a month per device. Create your free account today at jamf.com slash mission daily. That's J-A-M-F dot com slash mission daily. We love Jamf and you. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Well, too.